and a warm welcome from me, Steve Griffiths. Today I want to spend a bit of time with you thinking about the importance of engaging with the social justice issues that surround us in the world today. There's so much that we could say and so many different issues to think about and especially in the last 12 months we've been confronted by so much social unease. Racism, violence, war, gender issues, mental health issues, unemployment, the rise in loneliness and so much more. It's far too much to think about in one podcast episode. So today I just want to think about our response to the issue of poverty in our local communities. And even then, not to drill down into how we can make that response, but just to revisit what we all know, which is just how important it is for us to tackle issues of poverty and to reflect together again on how poverty grieves the heart of God. And it's something that we must really prioritise in addressing as Christians and Christians in community. And to think about this topic, we're going to spend a little time with Jesus' parable from Luke 16, verses 19 to 31, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The parables of Jesus are so simple and yet so complex. They can be read as simple stories, or they can be encountered as life-changing teachings, transforming our self-understanding, challenging how we relate to the world. And it's interesting that Jesus chose parables to teach in, because whereas we use them, very often with a childlike innocence and simplicity, actually Jesus thought of them as deep and complicated stories, through which the hearer had to work really hard to discern the truths contained within. In Luke 8 verse 9 he said to his disciples, I speak in parables so that looking they may not perceive, and listening they may not understand. These were not user-friendly bite-sized chunks of theology. These were not spiritual sound bites to make our lives simpler. Instead they were complex stories designed to leave us puzzling and having to search for the spiritual truths within. And that's most certainly the case with this parable of the rich man and Lazarus. What we have here is a very graphic story, an amazingly detailed parable that draws on the imagination in the most awful way. The descriptions of heaven and hell are very graphic, and it's wrong, I think, for us to develop a doctrine of the afterlife in the light of what Jesus is saying here. Too much energy through the centuries has been spent on using this parable to develop ideas of what awaits the unrepentant after death, grisly images of hell, frightening, torturous ideas of eternal damnation. And all the while we are sidetracked by doctrinal concepts of the afterlife. Lazarus sits on our doorstep and waits. This is not a story told by Jesus for us to have a better understanding of the modus operandi of the afterlife. This is a parable about you. This is a parable about me. And through this parable, Jesus confronts us with a simple yet profound question. What are you doing for Lazarus? What are you doing to help the poor and the hungry in this world? On a daily basis, we are confronted by the poor and the needy in this world. If we look on the streets of our local community, we're confronted by those who are blighted by economic hardship and homelessness. If we read our newspapers or switch on the news on TV, we can't escape the horrors of those struggling for survival. Lazarus is everywhere we look. As Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 26 verse 11, the poor will always be with you and we cannot for one moment escape the reality of that truth. So what are you going to do for Lazarus? What will we as a church do for Lazarus? There are a number of different characters in this parable. 
First, there's Lazarus himself, whose need is described in graphic detail by Jesus in verses 20 and 21. Jesus says he was covered with sores and longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. What a sad and sorry existence this man Lazarus had. And then in the story there is this nameless rich man. Interestingly, Jesus doesn't say anything bad about the rich man. He doesn't come across as wicked or evil or inherently selfish. He's just described as a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. There is nothing inherently wrong with being rich. There's nothing inherently wrong with dressing well and eating good food. In this parable, Jesus doesn't condemn such behaviour. For Jesus, it's neutral, neither good nor bad. And likewise, the rich man wasn't being condemned by Jesus for treating Lazarus in an overtly cruel way. The rich man wasn't nasty to Lazarus. He didn't treat him badly. He didn't abuse him. He didn't have him removed from his property. The opposite, really. He tolerated Lazarus being brought to his door and would occasionally throw him a few scraps when there was something left over. It's a hard thing for us to hear, but what Jesus is describing here is the most commonplace attitude to charitable giving in this country. Not that we are uncaring or cruel to those in need, but that we might tolerate them and throw a few scraps of money when we have a bit spare left over. For many, it's a sin of omission that condemns us. Not what we do, but what we don't do. Many of us, myself included, are not particularly proactive in our response to the needy. Many of us, myself included, have our consciences pricked every now and again, maybe at harvest, maybe at Christmas time, to give a little bit of food to those in need. And we respond at that point, but do little else throughout the year. It's myself I'm describing here. Risen Christ says in Revelation chapter 3.15, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. If the rich man had been either hot or cold in his attitude towards Lazarus, then there could have been dialogue with God about that. But the greater sin is that of just remaining unmoved, for good or for bad, towards the plight of those who suffer. To not be moved with any form of passion whatsoever is a spiritual crime that makes God very angry indeed. We must be very mindful about our own spirituality. Are we passionate for God, moved with passion concerning the plight of others? Or do we remain unmoved by suffering? Are we just prepared to throw a few scraps to the poor to alleviate our consciences every now and again? The lesson of the rich man is a salient one for each one of us. But if we do see ourselves reflected in him, it needn't be the end of the story for us, because there are other characters in this parable too. The five brothers of the rich man who remain after he's died. And these five brothers are crucial to our understanding of this parable, because we may recognise character traits of the rich man in ourselves, but ultimately we are not him, because we still remain here on earth. Instead, we are the five brothers who still have time and opportunity to respond to Lazarus in this world. We still have time and opportunity to reach out to Lazarus wherever we find him. As Christians, it's not enough for us just to make seasonal responses. A bit of food at harvest, maybe some extra giving at Christmas. Lazarus is here amongst us in our world today, every day. What will you do for Lazarus today?
6% of the world's population consumes 50% of all its goods. 15 million people starve to death each year. 12 million of those children. What will we do for Lazarus? Because if we don't respond, who will? Well, thank you for being with me today. I hope you found this a useful podcast and that it will inspire you to think a little bit more about how you and your own church community can respond to poverty, respond to Lazarus, wherever that poverty is encountered. If you want to follow up with me about anything you've heard today, it's always lovely to hear from you, so please do email me on steve.griffiths at london.anglican.org. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing today, my prayer is that you will know God's blessings on you and that you will know his peace and his comfort in your own life. I look forward to being with you again soon. Until then, bye. (laughs) 